Well, it's good to be here this morning, isn't it? Hello, if you're watching on live stream, my name's Sarah, if we haven't met before. And this is our final week at looking at our series, Praying with Power. Over the last six weeks, we've unpacked this prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And hopefully we've understood it a little bit more as we've gone along. The Lord's Prayer gives us perspective on where we sit in relationship with God. It reminds us that we're called to kingdom living and to partnering with God in his mission on earth. It shows us that we can come to God with our needs and our requests. And just last week, we were reminded that forgiveness is a non-negotiable in the life of Jesus' followers. We've all been forgiven. We've all been extended grace. And we too are to offer that forgiveness to other people. So this morning, we come to the final line in this passage from Matthew 6, which says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this morning, we're talking about temptation. And I can tell that there's this buzz of excitement in the room this morning because everyone loves to talk about this topic, right? We just love to freely confess our weaknesses, some of our vulnerabilities, our insecurities, right? No, no. It's easy for us to say that line as a nice little part of the prayer, isn't it? But actually, when we say it and mean it, it's much tougher. Temptation can be a hard thing to talk about. Because here's the thing about temptation. It loves to be kept in the dark. It loves to be kept in the dark. That's where it works best in our lives. It's where it has the most control. So we have to talk about it. We have to come to terms with it because if we don't, it's almost impossible for us to break free from it. I heard a story this week about a conversation between a father and a son. And the father and son, they were out walking one day and they passed some water, a canal. And the father says to the son, son, I know it looks really fun to go swimming in there, but please never do. It's very dangerous. So the son says to his father, okay, dad. I understand. And they carry on their walk and later that afternoon the son goes out and he meets some of his friends. Then he returns home that night with a pair of wet board shorts. And so the father says, well, where have you been, son? And the, fa- and the son says, well, dad, I've been out swimming in the canal. And the father says, didn't I tell you not to swim in the canal? Yes, you did, dad, says the son. Well, why did you go? So the son says to his father, well, I had my board shorts with me and I couldn't resist the temptation. And the father says, well, why did you take your board shorts with you? And the son replies, so I'd be prepared to swim in case I got tempted. (laughs) Temptation tricks us, doesn't it? It's deceptive and sometimes we have too shallow an understanding of how much it can control our lives and we don't do enough to engage in the battle against temptation. See, when we pray this prayer asking God to lead us not into temptation, then it's our responsibility to follow his lead. If we're asking God to lead us, then we actually have to follow. We're totally deluding ourselves if we believe that we are strong enough to resist temptation in our own strength. Temptation is all around us and we're warned throughout scripture that we actually have to do something in relationship with Jesus to continue to guard our hearts and our minds from the evil one. 
And you know, in our scripture that Phil just read for us from 1 Corinthians 10, some of those earlier verses, they remind us of some of the traps that people fall into. You know, sexual immorality, indulgence, idolatry. And you might have sat back this morning and thought to yourself, well, I don't, be, I don't feel tempted by any of those big sins. But see, the list that Paul gives here, it wasn't extensive. It was just a small snippet of warning for the people. And actually, if you read more of Paul's writings, you'll discover that he is continually warning people about not just some of those things that we've labelled as big temptations, but of things like gossip and pride and deception. So let me pick up and read from you uh, from verse 12, 1 Corinthians 10, verses 12 to 13. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. See, Paul is giving the people in Corinth a warning based on the history of God's people. People that knew God yet still fell into temptation. And Paul is saying to those people in Corinth, and I think he's saying it to us today, that we need to follow God as he leads us out of temptation. The mistakes of people before us should serve as a sufficient warning of what not to do. But we actually have to engage in the battle against temptation in our lives because there's no denying that temptation exists and there's no denying that each one of us falls into it. So I think this passage that Paul has written this morning, it gives us three key things, three key key things that we have to know and understand and apply in the battle against temptation. And the first one is this, that we have to be careful. Verse 12 says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. See, if you're a human being, you're going to face temptation. No one is exempt and we're crazy if we believe that we will not be tempted. And even when we think that we are standing firm, we can face temptation. We can expect to be led into temptation. So that's why we pray and we ask God to lead us out of it. And the word in the Greek for stand that Paul uses here is the word hestemi, which means to be kept intact, to be kept intact. And this is interesting to me because we know as human beings that we are broken, And we have to be aware of the fact that Christ is the only thing that leads us to wholeness. So if we start believing that we can stand on our own, we have to be careful. Because we're not kept intact by our own strength, but by the grace of God. And so thinking that we're stronger than sin, it actually makes us vulnerable. We have to be careful to be aware of temptation because it's everywhere. And every single one of us are going to face it. Now, I think this warning to be careful, it wasn't meant to discourage us. I don't think that that was Paul's intent to make us nervous about the fact that temptation is all around us. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think Paul's intent was to remind us that we are not alone. See, the Israelite people faced temptation. The Corinthian people faced temptation. And we, as 21st century believers, are going to face temptation. It's meant to remind us that we are not alone. And I feel like this is a huge barrier to people breaking free from temptation. The shame that sometimes comes along with the temptation we face prevents people from overcoming it. But the thing is, we're all the same. 
Every single one of us faces temptation, has fallen into temptation. Our temptations might differ, but we all face them. And even Jesus was faced with temptation. Of course, he didn't give in and commit sin. But I think if the devil came after him and tempted him, we'd better believe he's going to come after us as well. The thing is, once we realise that, once we know that we have to be careful and that we have to be prepared, those things can actually become a weapon to resist the devil. See, sometimes as God leads us out of temptation, he needs us to follow by putting some legitimate, practical measures in place. Being aware of our weaknesses or the areas in our lives where we might slip up is good, but it's not necessary. It's not the only thing, sorry, that helps us to overcome temptation. See, I'm going to use the example this morning of someone who has decided that they want to get a little bit fitter. You know, they might want to exercise more, maybe shed a couple of kilos in the process, eat a little better. Maybe we can imagine that they've signed up for a race in a couple of months and they're wanting to get prepared. So along the way, this person's going to face some temptation. Perhaps the first temptation that they might face is food. You know, they want to eat better, but it's hard to make good choices. They want to choose a salad for lunch, but a meat pie and hot chips just smell so much better. Okay, maybe I'm talking a little bit about myself. I really love food. And I figured out a long time ago that actually, if I want to take away the temptation, if I want to resist the temptation of picking something unhealthy for my lunch at work, I actually need to remove the decision-making around the thing that tempts me. See, if I spend an hour or so on a Sunday afternoon preparing healthy meals for the week, that's what I'll eat for lunch at work. I don't have to make a choice where I know that I'm going to be tempted because it's an area of struggle, so I prepare in advance. Maybe for some of us, we need to do some metaphorical, metaphorical meal prepping in our lives. Maybe we need to be honest about some of the temptations we face and actually take away the possibility of falling into temptations traps. See, if you're tempted by materialism or overspending, then maybe it's time to cut up your credit card. If you're tempted by pornography, then maybe it's time to install some apps or some protection on your devices that blocks inappropriate content. Sometimes we need to prepare in advance when we, wanna, when we know something can easily trip us up. Sometimes we simply need to take away that possibility of being tempted. The other thing that might be a barrier to this person getting fit is skipping out on training, right? See, sometimes when something is a little bit hard or it causes us a little bit of discomfort, we're quick to give up on it. When this person's alarm goes off at six in the morning, do you really think that they wake up and think, gee, I can't wait to get out of my nice warm bed and go for a run? No, no one thinks that, come on. And it can be the same when we're trying to put measures in place to protect ourselves from falling into temptation. It might not be easy for you to remove yourself from that group of people that always drags you into gossip, but ultimately it's good for you in the long term. It might be difficult to have a conversation with a partner, a boyfriend or a girlfriend about boundaries in a relationship, but it's good for you in the long term if it protects you from sexual temptation. See, I had this friend who wanted to get fit again say to me once, you know what, Sarah, it's easy for you because you're disciplined. And I was like, what? It's never easy 
No one's disciplined by default. People become disciplined because they put measures in place to be disciplined. They become disciplined. See, they make little choices that slowly become habit and it becomes easier. I'm going to tell you that there is literally not one morning when my alarm goes off that I am excited to get out of bed and go for a run. And I want to eat a burger for lunch every day. Yeah, I do. But making a series of little decisions to stay on track gets me where I want to go. And if we're aware of areas of temptation in our lives and we take small steps, even if those steps are hard and uncomfortable to remove them, I believe we can follow God out of situations that tempt us. So first we have to remember to be careful. And secondly, this verse from Paul reminds us that we can handle it. Verse 13 says, And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. See, whatever temptation we face, God provides us the means to overcome it. It might be hard, but we can come out victorious in the face of temptation. We can handle it. But that also makes this a tough thing to hear. Because although it brings us hope, it also takes away the ability for us to rationalise our sin. We can't say, well, I just couldn't help myself. I couldn't resist any further. See, God won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle. But here's the thing. We can only handle it in his strength. In his strength, in his power. See, if we remove ourselves from God when we face temptation, then it is very likely that we are going to fall. And I think that the scary part is that so many people are under the illusion that if they feel tempted, they're bad and they should run from God. And that's not the truth. We all face temptation. But when we face it, that is exactly the time that we should be running towards God. We can only handle it in his strength. The promise is that we're not tempted with more than we can handle when we're living in relationship with Jesus, in relationship with the one that helps us to beat, to overcome temptation. I think the problem is, in this part, is that sometimes we actually don't believe that we can handle it that we've given in to temptation in the past and we sometimes don't believe that we're capable of overcoming it in the future. We can become so overwhelmed with these feelings of shame or failure or fear that we think to ourselves, why bother? I'm just going to stuff up again. But the reason Paul is encouraging people to be careful about temptation and reminding them that they can handle it in God's strength, it isn't to instill fear or to pass judgment. So we shouldn't do that to anyone else as well. But it's to remind us that it, there is a better life for us if we can leave behind our sinful lives and live in the freedom that Christ offers. Sometimes all it takes for us to get a handle on the things that tempt us is a reminder that we've done it before. If we can do it once... We know that we can do it again. If we can say no to temptation once when we're faced with it, we can say, I can do this. I can handle it. I can do it again. If we go back to the person who wants to get fit, often the hardest part is starting out. You know, the first time you go to lift weights, it hurts. The first time that you try to run, it hurts. It's hard. And it's usually not until you've completed the task once that you realise that you can do it again. Occasionally when I've set out with a goal to run a certain distance, when I start off, I don't believe that I can get there. 
When I start off with a goal to run five kilometres, the first time I try, I think, this is never going to happen. But then, over working over it over a few weeks, and I hit that five kilometre mark, I know that I can do it. I've done it once, and I can do it again. And over time, obviously, it becomes easier. But I think it's the same with temptation. It might be hard for us to resist in the beginning, but once we realise that we can actually handle it and overcome it, we know that we can do it again. Perhaps the temptations that we face are always going to be there. But knowing that we have overcome them in the past helps us to keep overcoming them in the future. I've done it before, so I can do it again. So we have to be careful. And we need the assurance that we can handle it. But thirdly, what we need to realise is that there is always a way out. Point number three is the real promise in this verse. In verse um, 13, it ends by saying, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. See, God doesn't leave us to fend for ourselves. He knows that we're human. He knows that the temptation we face in this world is real, so he provides a way out for people who follow him. And I think that he has given us some very, very practical tools in in enduring temptation to give us a way out. But the thing is, with some of these tools, is that we actually have to use them. See, this promise gives us hope, but it's not an excuse for us to become lazy. We might be tricked into thinking that, you know, whenever we're tempted, God's going to show up and boom, there's going to be some lightning bolts and it's going to stop us in our tracks. But actually, that's not what this means. God is giving us practical ways to get out of temptation. But we have to be aware and we have to be willing to follow by using what he's already given us. And I think the first practical thing that God uses or that God gives us to help us on our way out of temptation is relationships. See, we were designed to live in relationship with God and in relationship with other people. And one of the most helpful things that we can do when we're aware of things in our lives that tempt us is to ask someone to keep us accountable. And I know this makes people uncomfortable, but you don't have to shout it out. You don't have to let everyone know the things that tempt you. But we can share in confidence with a few people who are close to us. I mentioned before that temptation usually involves keeping things hidden in darkness. So you know it's important for us to develop relationships of accountability because when we tell a trusted person about an area of struggle in our lives, a light begins to shine on that and the power of sin is actually weakened. See, the enemy wants us to keep our sins, our temptations, our struggles in the dark and to ourselves. He wants us to say, I can handle this on my own. It would be better if no one knew about my sin. I don't need to tell anyone about this. The problem is the enemy's smarter than we are. The enemy knows that that's a way of keeping us in tempting situations. We need to invite God and other people into the process of overcoming temptation. If we go back to that example of a person who wants to get fit, Most of the time we'd make a suggestion that they get a gym buddy. You know, either someone that goes and works out with them to keep them motivated or someone who decides to work out on a similar schedule. And I know for me, if I'm doing that with someone else, sometimes 
Just the knowledge that my friend is going to ask me if I got up and went for a run is enough to actually get me out of bed and into my exercise gear in the morning. See, we're meant to do life with others, to strengthen each other, and this is what happens when we live in relationships of accountability. We encourage each other, we're vulnerable with each other, and we remind each other that we are capable of overcoming temptation in God's strength. And I think the other way, or the other tool that God has provided us, is the sword of the Spirit, or the Word of God. And I love how we see this tool being used by Jesus in Scripture. In Matthew chapter 4, when the devil comes to Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, the weapon that Jesus uses to overcome temptation was the truth of Scripture. See, three times the evil one tempted him. And three times Jesus countered that by quoting the Bible. You know, this is why we teach our children memory verses in Sunday school. It's why all the time we're up here saying, read your Bible every day, get to know it and understand it. The word of God is a powerful weapon to resist the devil. And the more we know it, the more we understand it, the more we're sure of it, the more we will use it to stand firm when temptation comes. And you know, just like a sword, Jesus used this weapon with great effectiveness. We're engaged in a spiritual battle and the Bible is not just a nice book. It equips us to fight. It reminds us of who we are in Christ. And it shows us that we trust in a God that is greater than the temptations that we face. See, God provides us with a way out of temptation. Sometimes we just have to actually use those things. If we're going to pray, asking God to lead us out of temptation, then we have to follow his lead. We have to be careful. We have to be assured that we can handle it. And we have to trust in the promise that God will always provide a way out. And so this morning, we're going to have some time to respond. And, you know, I think this is where overcoming temptation begins for us. We've already asked God to forgive our sins and we know that he's done that. And today we ask him to continue to lead us out of temptation and to deliver us from the evil one. But winning the battle against temptation starts with prayer. Why do we pray this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, over and over again? Well, I think it helps us to position ourselves so that we can be aware and to be careful, but it also empowers us to overcome temptation in God's strength. 1 John 4 verse 4 reminds us that we, dear children, are from God and we have overcome them because the one who is in us, the one who is in you, is greater than the one who is in this world. See, we can overcome temptation in his strength. So this morning, if you're struggling with an area of temptation and, and you want prayer for that, I'd invite you to come. I'd invite you to ask God Show me where I'm being tempted. Perhaps it's not one of those big sins that we label and put out there and say is horrible, but perhaps it's just a little thing that's eating away at you. Maybe it's a sin that's in the darkness and, and you want help to shed some light on that today. So I'd encourage you to reflect on that and to pray about that this morning. But I also just want to recognise that this morning we're at the end of a series on prayer. And um, over the last few weeks, we've, we've talked about many different lines of this prayer. 
So for some of us this morning, I just want to encourage you to reflect on the words of the Lord's Prayer. And maybe once again today, you need a reminder of where you sit in relationship with God, that you are loved and chosen and one of his children. Maybe you're still challenged um, by those principles of kingdom living and you need to apply some of those to your life. Maybe there is a need in your life that you're still struggling with and you're wanting God to answer that prayer and you need to come and bring that before him this morning and we would love to pray with you. And maybe for some people, you're still struggling to forgive in the way that Christ has forgiven you and you need to come and, and seek some guidance on that this morning from God. But I would just encourage you this morning, as we sing these words, we're going to sing, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord. We want to draw your attention to the third verse, because I think it summarises what we've been talking about over the last few weeks well. It says, Be still for the power of the Lord is moving in this place. He comes to cleanse and heal, not to judge, not to condemn, but to minister his grace to us. There's no work that is too hard for him. And in faith, we receive from him. See, we believe in the power of prayer this morning. And we believe that God is moving in this place. So as we sing and reflect, if you'd like to pray, the place of prayer is open. But I would encourage you to just reflect on those words of the Lord's Prayer and, and ask him this morning what he needs from you. Let's sing together. <laughs>